0: Welcome to the Ranking Things Podcast, the production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. I'm Jason Davis. And I'm Eric Wright. And each episode, we will discuss a topic... Mm-hmm. And we will choose our top choices for that topic. And come to fisticuffs if we have to. <laughs> nah, nothing like that. But the cool thing is that you can get involved in the conversation too. Email us rankingpodcast at yahoo.com or tweet at Jason Davis voice. So, what are we going to talk about today, Jason? Well, Eric, I thought it would be fun to talk about the top baseball movies of
1: all time. Oh, my gosh. You know, and there's so many. Absolutely. And I watched about five baseball movies in the past couple weeks, I'm just flooded with too many choices. So I actually have six number ones if we can do that. No, no, it doesn't work that way. Nope. Sorry. This
0: is going to be so tough. Listen, we're going to look for a top five list and then we'll have honorable mentions. Okay. That'll help. You know, you can load up the honorable mentions. All all right. right. Thank you. I'm I'm going to need that.
1: (laughs) I'm starting out with number one E. Okay. That's like my that's my number five. Okay. Okay? All right. So my number five is called Eight Men Out. Okay. Great movie. It's made uh, 1988. John Sayles was a uh, director. Starred some of my favorites. John Cusack. Mm-hmm. Clifton James. Christopher Lloyd. I forgot he was in that. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah he was one of the, uh, like a reporter. Like mm-hmm. really digging in. John Mahoney, who was the dad on Frasier. I was also in Say Anything with John Cusack. Oh, there you go. There you All go. All right, cool. Michael Rooker. Who's oh. one of my favorites? He's Merle from The Walking Dead. Oh, what a great—he's a great character guy. So when I started watching this, it's like, wow, I'm—I'm I'm already loving this because all these different uh, characters in it. It's a true story mm-hmm. based on the 1919 uh, White Sox. Mm-hmm. They were called the Black Sox because right. a bunch of players were bought off to throw the World Series. Right. I always love a true story especially when the true story is something that is such a great story. It could have been, you know, fantasy, Mm -hmm. but it's not. So for me, that just always makes it more interesting watching.
0: I think that with movies that are based on true stories, they probably dramatize a little bit in the movie. But uh, I'm pretty sure Eight Men Out was a pretty solid telling of that story. And, you know,
1: and just the basic idea that you had these players who loved the game. Back then, they weren't making money. I mean, they they were stars. And the movie was so good at grabbing that kind of stuff. Like the field they played on, you could see the bare grass spots. Mm -hmm. You know, you could feel their uh, uniforms were these old, heavy wool things. The stands were just rickety wooden seats. And you just felt like, man, this is so accurate and this is is this really what it was like
0: it's certainly long before the days of uh large cable deals and oh, yeah. multi-million dollar salaries yeah. for ballplayers and even like nighttime nighttime play, exactly you know? exactly
1: the basic story of just how sad it was that mm-hmm. these guys who are living out their dream as professional players turn their back on the game yeah. and become corrupt and the way they had the different players reactions to it uh was just so well done the acting was phenomenal it was just so heart wrenching watching these guys and the conflict between and among them. It was just so friggin very, well a very done. very, very compelling story. Yeah. So, what do you have for five? Number five for
0: me is the Bad News Bears.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, little, a
0: little bit light, a little bit more lighthearted than uh, Eight Men Out. Um,
1: not. A whole lot of light Well, well, well. Mostly, it's got its
0: it's got its moments. Well, sure, it has certain things, but you know, and it's funny because I went back and forth between this and The Sandlot for uh, for this slot. Oh, sure,
1: coming of age type movies. Yeah, we're both um, suckers for that.
0: Yeah, ultimately, I chose Bad News Bears because it was kind of the first. Yeah, if it wasn't the first, it was one of the first of the you know ragtag group of kids thrown right. together for to be a baseball team. Yeah, and plus the character of Tanner Boyle. <laughs> absolutely it's so funny oh, yeah yeah i mean you know he's politically incorrect mm-hmm. and he says some horribly offensive things oh, and all that yeah. but oh, he yeah. is so funny this little kid he's gonna beat yep. the shit out of everybody oh and yeah everything else. he's just a great character he took
1: on the fourth grade really who in the fourth grade the whole fourth yeah, grade yeah, yeah. <laughs> and walter Matthau was awesome walter Mathau's great i loved that movie and i'll be talking about it more okay very good so I actually
0: have very fond memories mm-hmm. of seeing the sequel to this movie in theaters. Oh, um, really? Yeah, uh, Bad News Bears and Breaking Training. Yeah, they travel cross country without <laughs> yeah. adult supervision. Yeah, and they play in the Astrodome and all that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with yeah. W- William Devane was uh, Kelly League's estranged father, and right, it was right. A whole, I mean, it was good, but, but nothing like the original. The original, exactly. You got to go with the original and. I actually took the time to watch the remake that came out in 2005 because I was curious. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I felt like if I was going to talk about Bad News Bears, I had right. to have a point of reference. Okay. Uh, I will say this about the remake. Billy Bob Thornton made me chuckle a few times as, uh, as Buttermaker. Really? He That's was, it? He's the best thing of the, uh, about the remake. Okay. The All kid's right. not as good as the original kids. Right, right. Um, I read a review on Amazon. Somebody had posted, if your favorite character is Tanner Boyle in the first movie, you're going to yeah. hate this remake. Uh, and I kind of uh, agree yeah. with that because okay. the, the Tanner in in the remake is not nearly as funny or as right. good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just wasn't as good. Okay. You
1: know? It, well, I think the it, first one really hit a home run <laughs> yeah. with um, all the different things it did. And I'll talk about it more later because I have a lot of personal connections to okay. it. But um, yeah, just the way Walter Matthau was so great at playing... This like miserable kind of dark soul, yeah. But with hope, and actually there was some goodness that did come out. It was a lot of very gruff stuff, but I thought some of the things he did. The one scene where one of the boys climbed the tree and took off his oh, yeah. clothes because he felt he yeah. didn't a mod. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. You know, he wasn't worthy. Yeah, he, of the he wasn't uniform. worthy of wearing the uniform. And, exactly. and Walter Math, I was like, well, how am I? You know, how you talk this kid down? And he mm-hmm. says something to him. I think it was something like, well. Then you know all about Willie Mays's you know, Hank, Aaron, Hank Aaron's was, yeah. 10 uh, errors. Yeah all right Hank Aaron never had 10 errors but yeah. you know this kid didn't know that right. and it was enough to get him to talk to the kid and bring him down and it's moments like that mm-hmm. that you're like I don't want to say sweet because it was kind of twisted he lied to him I think you still... have to have
0: stuff like that to balance the drunken kind of mess of a man that he is <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh yeah I love when he's
1: on the pitching mound
0: yeah
1: he just passes <laughs> he's out like, yeah and he passes out and they all, the kids all come over and they're like what happened is he dead <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just
0: a drunk crud. He's just a
1: drunk crud. <laughs> I think how, uh, how uh, Tanner calls him a crud. Yeah. Get out of here, you crud, you crud. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, a, char- yeah, a lot of great characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think good choice. Very a lot of fun. good choice. And, it's, mm-hmm. and it still holds up really well. Oh, absolutely. All right. Yep. So what was number uh, four for you? All right, my number four is Bull Durham. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, Made in 1988, starring Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, and Tim Robbins. (laughs) Tim Robbins is like one of my super faves of all time. I just think that this movie was so good at giving you a view inside the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. It seemed very plausible that, you know, there's a woman there who's into players and Uh she picks one and (laughs) instilled, I guess by, you know, building him up and having sex with him makes him more confident and mm-hmm. then he goes to the major leagues and that's what happens mm-hmm. with this character but you know along the way there's just so much fun stuff you absolutely know, being said I'm holding back right now yeah I, can I you should, tell yeah oh I know <laughs> and I, I figure yours was going to be up there too I love mm-hmm. you know they talk about the superstition mm-hmm. at one point like Tim Robbins is wearing garters and stuff mm-hmm. because Susan Sarandon's character is telling him to do that because that'll kind of loosen him up a bit Rose goes in the front big guy that's right Rose goes in the front. Well acted. That's my four. What's your four? Number four for me is
0: Moneyball. Ooh. Moneyball. Directed by Bennett Miller. Mm-hmm. Stars Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, both nominated for acting Oscars for their roles in this movie. Well Brad Pitt
1: looked great. He's supposed to be an ex-athlete so it makes sense. And Jonah Hill was great. Jonah Hill he, he was, was fantastic great at playing in this, movie. this quiet, straight, you know, nerd. I love Jonah
0: Hill. Whether he's playing a serious role or a more serious role like this yeah. or Wolf of Wall, Wall Street, Street, he was very good as well. Mm-hmm. He was also nominated for that. Right. But I love his his comedy stuff too, even if yeah. it's really lowbrow like The mm-hmm. Sitter or Superbad. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, any of the other Judd Apatow projects that okay. he was involved in. I right. just love Jonah Hill. I think he's got a great face. Mm-hmm. Uh the 20 one and 22 jump street movies he's he's fantastic <laughs> right, i love yeah, him he's i'm yeah. a big fan and mm-hmm. i thought he was really great in this and this i think was probably the first time i ever saw him do anything semi serious yeah and uh i thought he was really good mm-hmm. and i love that it's kind of um again behind the scenes look yeah of what goes on in the clubhouse right what based goes on. on a
1: true story absolutely so yeah. i like that yep because yep. you're always wondering, all right, how true is this? Mm-hmm. You know, How much are they extending? I'm willing to bet that most of what we see in the movie
0: is mm-hmm. really what happened. There might, again, some stuff gets dramatized for sure. effect for the screen. But just interesting about how scouting works and all the kind of the player trades and the statistics mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. The story in this movie really kind of revolutionized how... Baseball is done now. And I'm sure they're still using
1: a lot of the methods that were used in this, even though it's not foolproof. There was so much stuff like when earlier on in the movie, when Brad Pitt's character, uh, Billy Bean, who was a prodigy baseball player Mm -hmm. who was picked and drafted by the Mets right out of high school. Yeah did not have a very good career. I think that's probably
0: going to happen a lot of times when you get a kid right out of high school, no college experience. Right.
1: You know, you're not mature enough probably to handle oh, of course. the pressure, you know. Right. And just the idea, are you physically able to go from facing high school pitchers to yeah.
0: pros? He didn't go directly into the majors. I mean, you know, he obviously came up into in the through, farm. The, through the farm league, but yeah. but even still, it's not just physically are you going to be ready for that right. are you going to be ready for being away from home yeah, and yeah. you know
1: yeah and traveling traveling with other teammates there's a lot yeah. of a lot of uh, and, and older i mean a fair amount that's a big difference between 18 an year old and like a 24 year old exactly
0: huge difference and if you're a young kid and you're playing with Veteran players that have been yeah. around the league for a decade or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be intimidating. Yeah, you know, absolutely. There's a lot of psychological stuff that probably goes on, and mm-hmm. and in the movie they kind of portray. Yeah. How I think that kind of wore him down eventually, and then mm-hmm. and then that was the end of the that yeah. for him
1: as and a player. There was obviously, to me anyway, I thought a real kind of technology versus mm-hmm. the human touch. You right. Know? Because you've got the scouts talking about you know these prospects and they're saying oh yeah he's he's good thrower but he's got an ugly girlfriend right what the hell does that mean well he lacks confidence right that's kind of interesting maybe there's truth to that i don't know yeah that felt a little old-fashioned but at the same time you go it kind of makes sense in a weird way maybe yeah so they're picking all these things but then it's versus the technology where jonah's character comes in Mm -hmm. you know he's from yale Mm-hmm. you know, economics, uh-huh. and the whole scene that set it up when Billy Bean goes and talks to the Indians trying to make a trade, mm-hmm. and he's in the- He's whispering y- in the ear of the other guy. Right, yeah. yeah. He's surrounded by all these seasoned scouts and stuff, but mm-hmm. they're all listening to this kid tell yeah. him stuff. So, yeah, so it's so cool. Billy, yeah. you know, hunts them down. They talk frankly mm-hmm. in the garage. And it's obvious that Jonah Hill's character just has something different going here. Right. And he's like, Look, you have no money. It's Goliath and, you know, David yeah. with, you know, big money. Right. They're Yankees trying to compete with the Yankees, the big beating. bad Yankees yeah. who have
0: a payroll of over a hundred million, they have a payroll of thirty eight million. Yeah. How are you gonna
1: compete? And right. they have to figure out a way to do that. And you know, you start off the movie by thinking, All right, you're losing three best players. Well, we have to find another Giambi or ja- Jason guy. Giambi, yeah. Right. We gotta find and this kid is like, no, 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 you got to find something else. Right. And it's, uh yeah, it, it's that's, that's super really well done.
0: The interesting thing about the movie for me is that how they combine the two methodologies, yeah. Jonah Hill's methodology right. and then the old school methodology. And then mm-hmm. they come kind of come up with sort of a, you know, a happy medium yeah. somewhere along the way. Yeah, they kind of meld them. What's interesting is that I know that they're still using this kind of thought process. right the way they run ball clubs now because mm-hmm. even the Yankees who were always notorious for being overspenders right. where they would just get all these hotshot veteran players and fill mm-hmm. their roster with you know all this talent now even they Mm -hmm. have kind of cut back. They probably still have one of the higher payrolls in baseball, but now they're starting to go back to the mentality of, let's develop talent in our minor league system. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they're using this money ball method where they, you know, who's going to get on base more. Right.
1: It obviously proved itself out Mm -hmm. because without any stars, they got the 20-game winning streak. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, so... Yeah, I that's a good choice.
0: And I also was going to say that the I never read the book. I'm sure the book is phenomenal, but okay. the screenplay was written by Aaron Sorkin, who's one of the greatest mm. writers ever, and yeah. uh, Steven Zaillian, yeah. who wrote Schindler's List. So, oh, a lot wow. of, you know, a couple of really great writers. Yeah. Put heavy the hitters. Yeah, <laughs> heavy hitters. There you go, exactly. <laughs> and I thought it was actually interesting uh Jonah Hill said that it wasn't the baseball or the numbers that he connected to. Right. It was the obsessiveness. Yeah. And uh director Bennett Miller said that the way we talk about actors and roles and movies with each other is the way his character mm-hmm. should talk to Brad's character about baseball. Nice. And that was his in. That's how he connected to the character mm-hmm. that he played. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting, yeah, too. Yeah,
1: that is interesting. All right, what's your number three? My number three is Bad News Bears. Nice. And uh, the, the, you know, 1976 version. Mm-hmm. For me, it's super, super personal because, okay. you know, at that time I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. I was playing in, you know, our town's rec league. Okay. I sucked. I <laughs> I think I swung the bat twice. Oh, no. Never hit anything. Were you worse than Looper? I identified with Loop Looper or Lupus. Well, they called him the Looper. Timmy Lupus, but then I think they yeah. called him the Looper in the second movie. That's why I'm calling okay. that. Okay. So, I kind of identified with him because I yeah, I didn't connect with the ball. I was very, you know, mild and meek about it, surrounded by all the cool kids in school. Um so I I felt very out of place. But the thing that brought me together with these guys a bit was seeing the movie and then, you know, talking about Tatum Uh O'Neill. Aha. I mean, now we're 11 years old, so it's more like, I love her. Oh, I love her more. Well, yeah, I'm going to marry her. Yeah, I'm going to marry her and have a million kids with her, you know? So... Yeah, you know, it's not like when you're 20, well, 16, whatever. And just you know, seeing the movie with all the different characters, I, it was so cool how they went and got the tough kid who was the best athlete in Kelly, town, Kelly Leak, the Kelly Leak, and um, <laughs> how they got him to play, Uh was they send 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 the girl, girl, man. Absolutely. You know, it's like there's so many adult themes in this movie carried out by kids. Yeah. Going to see this movie and hearing kids swearing on camera like this, I was blown away. I mean, I was very... It was different at that time, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Yeah, I just, I love the whole story. So much great stuff, like, you know, with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I think that was, you know, the big uh, winning team and all that.
0: By the way, did you ever notice that in almost every baseball movie, the Yankees are the bad guys? <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right. <laughs> Serves them right. Just how the Bad News Bears are actually getting better, you know, as the season's going on. And when you get to the championship game, mm-hmm. the scene where the father Vic comes Morrow, out. Morrow, yeah. And, and he slaps the kid and slaps his son yeah holy shit that was huge a
0: huge like thing in the movie yeah because was. the movie's very lighthearted and it's very you know yeah. these silly kids they can't pick up yeah. the ball and all that and but then all I mean, of a sudden there's that seriousness yeah
1: i mean there was still some seriousness with you know the the bullying and the crap that right. the bad news bears were putting up with right and then what the son did next yeah when he caught the ball and he just held on to it. Yeah, that's great. So the bad news bears could just round the bases and all the Yankees come running, they're trying to pull you uh-huh. know the ball out of uh-huh. them. everybody scores and the kid just goes walking over to his dad, drops the mitt, mm-hmm. walks over to mom. And you're yep. like, Holy crap. Yeah, that was powerful stuff. Oh my God. And
0: Brandon Cruz Brandon was the Cruz. young was the young actor. He was the uh, the kid oh, on the awesome. courtship of Eddie's father. Eddie's father, father right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: that that was so friggin' powerful. And yeah. And they didn't win the game anyway. Yeah. Bad News Bears, they didn't. But you know what? But that's okay. They were winners. And I feel
0: like that's why the movie works. Because if they win, it's almost too hokey. Right. Not winning actually makes sense. Kind of like uh, Rocky. Rocky.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You draw that parallel, no problem. Yep. All right. So now um, are we up to your number three?
0: We are. Okay. A League of Their Own. Really? Yes, sir. But
1: there's no crying in baseball. That's
0: right. (laughs) You know... (laughs) It's like Moneyball in that it's based on a true story. Right, um, a yes. lot of stuff dramatized or yeah. or creative license for the movie. But great writing, great performances. Right, John Lovitz stealing every scene that he's in, which that has that's something to say because John Lovitz, you know, he's he's John Lovitz. I love John Lovitz. I I think, but he works really effectively in small Mm -hmm. doses in this movie yes originally he was supposed to be in more of the movie but I think the producers felt that his role had more impact with a little bit less screen time yeah hence you know why his part was cut a little bit okay I like the fact that it's a a great baseball movie yeah featuring women right the fact that this league really existed which Mm -hmm. we're never taught about that no no we didn't it's never talked about in school it's never talked about when you're talking about like baseball right before this movie, I really didn't know anything about the league, the All-American no. Girls Professional Baseball League. Yeah, yeah. Founded by Cubs owner and gum king Philip K. Wrigley. Oh,
1: uh, R- oh okay. Riggle's Harvey
0: done. is the name they use in the movie, and he sells candy bars. Gary Marshall, of course, plays mm-hmm. uh, Harvey in the movie, and of course, right. Penny Marshall, is his sister, directed the movie. Right, right. There was actually a TV show version, too. Yeah. It lasted I one vaguely... season. I don't remember it at all. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. But several of the people from the cast of the movie actually did reprise their roles in the TV show. None of the. Okay. Big Big okay. stars, but John right. Lovitz was probably the biggest name from the movie that, right. okay. that also showed up in the TV show. But um, Madonna
1: wasn't in the TV show? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. Oh, what a surprise.
0: Madonna oh, wasn't wow. really thrilled about being in the movie either. That's a whole other story. Really? Yeah. I thought she was good in the movie. No, she was I good, but her, yeah. but she was not happy making this movie, apparently, from oh. what, what we learned when we did the Screen Facts really? uh, podcast for this. Yeah.
1: See, I do like this movie. Mm-hmm. It didn't quite make my top five. I guess I just felt like it should have been centered more on on the women, Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, like Tom Hanks' character just got a little too much. Like what I said when you brought the film up right away, the first thing that pops into my mind is his line. No crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. I wish that there was a different catchphrase, but I just wish it was more about the women. I don't think that Tom Hanks
0: overshadows the women. Yeah. For me, anyway, I'm pretty sure that his character... Yeah. Is an amalgamation of a bunch of different people. So sure. there really wasn't a manager like that that berated the girls and stuff. It was right. put in for comedic effect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there might have been, but I mean, I don't think somebody actually said, there's no crying in baseball, for right, example. Right, right. But, but there had to be some of that attitude. There were probably men that were brought in to coach or manage yeah. that probably resented women playing baseball. Probably. Because back then, in World War
1: II times, right. men were definitely more chauvinistic right. than they were. And are I now. think the movie would have just been better if we felt more of that struggle that these, or the conflict that these women must have been facing at that time. Oh, absolutely. So I guess for me, I would have liked to have seen more. I think that would have made it a top five movie for me. Okay. I mean, I felt like they
0: they did show that a decent amount. By the way, Major League Baseball did not shut down during the war. This league came about to boost morale and, uh, you know, a lot of the star players of the day did go off to war so there were a lot of like replacement players Mm -hmm. in the major leagues so this was kind of like a way to keep baseball kind of in you know okay and i think it kind of helped people to be able to go to something yeah you know that was maybe a little bit different a couple of other facts about the movie that i thought were interesting rosie o'donnell Mm -hmm. originally read for the part of marla who was like the kind of played off as like the homely girl (laughs) in the movie (laughs) yeah in the end they just felt megan kavanaugh was better for the role Okay. But they thought Rosie was so good and so funny that they actually wrote her role for the movie. Yeah, and she was very good. She was. She was really Absolutely. good. Absolutely, And all of the actresses spent eight hours a day, six days a week for seven and a half months in baseball training. So they really... Really? Yeah, they were really put through the paces Holy cow! to be able to, you know, do a lot of the stuff that you're seeing on screen. Oh, that's great. So pretty cool stuff. That is
1: really wild, wacky stuff. Number two for you, sir. My number two is Moneyball. Okay, the 2011 okay. movie, which we already talked about. A couple things I wanted to just add. Like, for example, we were talking about seeing some realness, but mm-hmm. maybe was overplayed a little bit, but it gets the point across. I love the scene where Billy Bean wants to trade some a player. He wants to acquire some player. Right. So he's making these phone calls, and Jonah mm-hmm. Hill's character is sitting next to him uh-huh. with the uh, laptop, Right. which was awesome because it just shows at the very beginning just how there was no money for the Oakland A's. They right. just didn't have any money, right. and when Jonah shows up, He's got his laptop and they put him in this office and he sits next to this big old clunky ass computer (laughs) that he's like, he can't even use this. He's got his laptop. So I thought that was just a neat way to represent The 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 money aspect, yeah, and also the younger uh, mindset too. Yeah, absolutely. So, so he's there, and Billy Bean is making phone calls, Mm -hmm. and they're talking about, you know, I want to get this player, and he's trading with a player he doesn't even have yet, right, and all that. And I'm like, that probably really happens. That kind Uh, of stuff, probably. You know, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that kind of stuff, I thought was really so mm. well done, made me feel like I'm learning
0: something. You know it's another great scene too, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that involves uh, a scene with Brad Pitt, when Brad Pitt's character Billy Bean goes to visit David Justice in the batting cage. Oh, yes. And yes. David Justice, in his day, was a phenomenal player. I right. mean, in his prime, he was one of the best. Yes, Slugger, yeah. Slugger, is awesome. Right. Billy Bean is, is talking to him about, like, trying to be a leader on the team. Yes. and You know, help other guys get on board with what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Right. He goes, no, 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 that's not for me that's for the young kids you're paying me seven million dollars to be here and he goes he goes no actually i'm not the yankees are paying three and a half million dollars for you to To play to not play for them yeah
1: exactly holy (laughs) that's what they
0: think of you yeah that's uh,
1: that's a um, talk about knocking somebody down a few pegs. Harsh reality, man. Yeah. And that's what was. That's so a great, great scene, though. That was a great scene, and, and you know, Billy Bean, he was so good at that stuff. I love yeah. like when he taught Peter, I'm gonna you know teach you how do you fire someone. He's yeah. Like, when you fire somebody, I less think, is more. Yeah, and like the quote was l- something like, "Look, these guys are professionals. Do you think they'd rather get a bullet in the head mm-hmm. or five in the chest and bleed out slowly? Right. And you're like, shit. Yeah, really." <laughs> I mean, I know if I get fired, I don't want somebody hemming and hawing and trying to make me feel good. Just say it's over and off you go. And with baseball, it's part of the game. Trades yeah. and getting sent back down to the minors
0: and stuff, that's part of the game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think if you're going to be a professional ball player, you have to mm-hmm. be ready for yep. those kind of calls into the manager's office. Yeah, absolutely. So good then- stuff.
1: We're up to your number two.
0: Number two for me is Field of Dreams. Another baseball movie with an excellent cast and a great Mm -hmm. screenplay. Yeah. The James Earl Jones monologue, a classic. Yeah, definitely. The part that that always gets me is when he Mm. talks about the one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has been rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt, and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. Yeah. This field, this game, it's a part mm-hmm. of our past, right? It reminds us of all that once was good and could be again. It's true. I love the game of baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked about it on other podcasts. Right. I've talked about it with you. Mm-hmm. For me, the game is bigger than any team or any player. Right. I love that you can go to the ballpark with your family and friends. You can enjoy a nice day out. Mm-hmm. you can have a social engagement with them and right. still enjoy the game, yeah, I just love everything about the game, the strategy. Yeah. I, I just love how it's it really is a part of of Americana, right? Mm-hmm. And this movie really celebrates that in a wonderful right. way for me.
1: yeah, and that's absolutely. why I love it so much. i I love this movie, too. I haven't seen it in a long time, but there's still things that I remember. I really enjoyed the scene where, Costner's character went and talked to James Earl Jones's mm-hmm. character. How James Earl Jones is like, no, I'm not hearing anything. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. And Costner's like, all right, well, I guess you didn't need to be here. Yeah. So he's driving away, and when he turns the car around, and it's nighttime, he's got the high beams yeah. on, and there there's James Earl Jones <laughs> yeah. standing in the road, moonlight, Graham. <laughs> yeah, you heard it too. Yeah, you saw it. Yeah. Yes. So that's
0: what's really cool about this movie yeah. too. You know, mm-hmm. like there's all this sort of fantasy stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. When he's hearing the voice saying, mm-hmm. build it and he will come. If you build it, he will come. All right. He's yeah. saying he. I thought that he was building it for his father to come back. I sat in the movie waiting to, for his father to show up. And I was kind of disappointed. Even though, I mean, Esther was beautiful, you know, and all the other players coming onto the field. I was like, where's his dad? Do you remember
0: how this movie ends or no? No. Oh it end? man! What? Then your confusion is understandable, sir. Okay. Don't tell me his father shows up at the end, dude. That's the fucking greatest ending ever, dude. That movie. I'm such an idiot. Oh man, I can't believe you forgot that. No, that's. I remember. That's the like, payoff. I remember,
1: like the doctor shows up and Moonlight
0: Graham, uh, played by Burt Lancaster, yeah. who's phenomenal. Right. And the whole subplot with him where they Mm -hmm. show him with the kids and, you know, and oh my God, just... But, the, but his dad, and that's what out? I was gonna say. The movie has got all this great fantasy stuff with them coming right. out of the corn and yeah. and moonlight Graham and all that. Right, right. But ultimately, it's really this great story about redemption. Yeah. Because the movie ends. God, I can't believe. I wish you would have watched this. Oh my God, I'm, I'm an idiot.
1: No, no. my so father. So how's the father show up
0: at the end of the movie? The all the players they're taking James Earl Jones into the corn with them to experience right. that. Okay. Kevin Costner's like, why does right. he get to go? I built the the field for you and everything. Yeah. yeah. But they want him to be able to like, I guess, tell the story of what they're coming from and all that. Yeah. And by the way, mm. Shoeless Joe Jackson right. is Ray Liotta's character in Field of Dreams. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the Black Sox. Right. Yep. So it ties yep. into your number five choice of Eight Men Out. <sighs> anyway, so James Earl Jones goes into the the corn, corn with the players. Yeah. Kevin Costner's talking to his wife, played mm-hmm. by Amy Madigan. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he looks over and there's a player still kind of like right. by the backstop. And he goes, "Oh my God, that's my dad." And he's, like, taking it back Holy because he's, shit. like, I've never seen him, like, young and, yeah. and healthy before. Like, the weight of the world is on his shoulders. Because right, when, right. when I knew him, he always seemed like a really old man who's been broken down and everything. Right. So it's his father, though, as a young man. Yeah. So the whole reason that, like, um, he stopped playing baseball, Kevin Costner, Yeah. was because he read Terrence Mann's book, which is James Earl Jones' character. Right. Okay. Whatever it is in the universe that makes him build the field. Yeah. Gives him an opportunity to reconcile with his dad. Okay. And that's the, but that's the payoff. But does his dad recognize he's playing with his son? Yeah. Yeah. He he addresses him as dad. Right. He introduces himself. Hi, I'm Ray. Yeah. I'm John. Right. He goes, well, nice to meet you. His father. He goes, yeah, nice yeah. to meet you. And he's getting ready to leave. And then he goes, dad? Yeah. And then he turns around and he goes, you want to have a catch? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, that's touching. Very, I'm like, very touching. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm getting misty thinking about it, it is, dude. I'm, it's it's wonderful, but I guess I can't help but I think but you got to see it again. Yeah, I but, think but you gotta I can't see help it again. but think, well, then, but if his father was, if it was the older version of his father when he actually no. had falling out, it would have meant more. No, Maybe I think, it's better. I, I think it's better. I think it's
0: better that it's not. I, I think it's because he's seeing his dad before all of that turmoil. Yeah. So I think it works wonderfully that his dad was yeah. his ball player right. that didn't get a shot. And now mm-hmm. his dad gets the shot in the on the field yeah. of dreams yeah. and he gets to reconcile with his kid. Yeah. That's... Yeah.
1: I see where you're going, but I just
0: yeah. I think I think if you watch it again, you you might appreciate it. More. Okay. I think, but I right.
1: definitely I think I forgot about that because yeah. I thought, well, it's but And I think we should we definitely watch the movie bad. before we make our road trip. Yeah, yeah. No, if we'll we're definitely we're, do yeah, that. Yeah. Definitely. No, absolutely. Maybe we can even watch it while we're there having a catch and running the bases at <laughs> Field of Dreams. Uh, it's such a great moment in, in a movie. All right. What's number one for you, sir? <laughs> number one for me, I think this is going to raise some eyebrows, is Pride of the Yankees from 1942.
0: Um, it's not going to raise eyebrows. I've never seen the movie, so I can't okay. really comment on it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a renowned baseball film. Yeah.
1: I read so much about it i was like well shit i best i I better watch it so i just we know at least one or two
0: people that are going to be pretty psyched that you've made that number one i'm sure
1: (laughs) chrissy yeah right um starred uh you know gary cooper as lou gehrig uh Teresa wright as mrs lou gehrig Mm -hmm. this is you know it's a baseball movie it's a love story it's so sentimental Mm -hmm. but done so very well it Brings up his life story about how he grew up from modest means. You know, there's some real heart and, to it. There, there's some funny stuff in the early scenes. He's trying to get into play baseball with the neighborhood kids. So he's willing to trade some baseball cards. Mm-hmm. And the tough kid, the one who runs everything, he's going through them. And he's like, Babe Ruth? Pfft, rookie and throws it away. So, oh, no. so it was very funny, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and it was made in 1942, mm-hmm. which is only a couple years after he died. Right. So, uh, you Listen. know, and he meant a lot. To a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I'm a
0: Yankees fan Mm -hmm. my whole life. Lou Gehrig is, you know, arguably in the top five all-time great Yankees. Right. His consecutive game streak that was, Mm -hmm. you know, broken by Cal Ripken, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it's been. He was a slugger that was only overshadowed
1: by Babe Ruth. Yeah, the movie was so sweet with, you know, him and his parents, especially his mom. His mom didn't want him to play baseball she wanted him to be an engineer mm-hmm. like her her brother mm-hmm. i think and uh, that's why he was in college again how much you know of this is fantasy where the way he meets his wife he's in chicago for a game mm-hmm. and he's a rookie and he gets out on the dugout and he slips on all the bats that are lined up <laughs> and she yells out hey tanglefoot okay and that's how they apparently meet I don't know how real all that is, but that seems far fetched. But that would be really interesting it's if it's true. Because he
0: seemed like, you know, I mean, he was like this great athlete. Right. You, you think he's not, I, but he they probably did, wouldn't trip on bats. But, but you
1: know, the but movie did such a great job of making you feel like, oh my God, look how nervous he is. Because mm-hmm. he's walking in the locker room before the game and, you know, he's just seeing all the names right. of these great players. Mm-hmm. And then. You know, and his is like written in backwards crayon and stuff. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and uh, it's so well done. And then at the you know the very end of the movie, when he's decided to quit, I mean that's a heart wrenching scene. He's oh, walking sure. out to the bat. Even before that, he's walking out for this game to bat. And his head. Fam- the
0: famous speech uh, at Yankee Stadium.
1: Yeah, at the end when he does the speech, they did change it around. They end the movie with him saying, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And then he just hangs and walks away. And, you know, th- the whole movie, they just show how humble he was. You freaking love this guy. Mm-hmm. And when he finishes that speech, if you're not crying, yeah. you are a heartless, soulless yes. son of a bitch douchebag because <laughs> and when he gets into the tunnel you hear the game start up and it's like that's life man yeah things continue life moves on absolutely and what I thought was so tastefully done the screen blacks out mm-hmm. and now you're waiting for the you know Lou Gehrig was diagnosed with ALS and mm-hmm. they don't do that right because we all know what happened right you know yep. he dies like two years later in the prime
0: of his life yeah it was a disease that was so crazy that they didn't even know about it. That
1: Hence, be, right. it became known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Right. Yeah, this whole idea is like, you know, your your nerves are degenerating and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, that has got to be one of the worst diseases. I mean, and for your body ever... to just turn on you like that, yeah. especially when you're making your living as a pro athlete.
0: Especially when you're known as one of the most durable athletes, yeah, too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, the guy
0: played in over 2,100 straight games. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, it's unheard you know. of. Absolutely. but uh i'm I'm ashamed to admit I've never seen the movie as a Yankees fan you would I, love it I'm sure I would I you know what it is I I have a uh weird aversion to older movies sometimes because okay. because sometimes they're a little corny sure. or whatever I think I'm gonna
1: make it a point to to see it I've learned to get over that yeah because I yeah same thing I didn't watch old movies for mm-hmm. a long long time and then I don't know, several years ago Kathy and I were like you know let's start watching some old stuff so we you know you start with like Casablanca mm-hmm. and then it's like, all right, not at all of them's corny. So what's your number one? I'm like beating hard because I honest, I really thought your number one was going to be
0: Field of Dreams. My number one is another Kevin Costner baseball movie. Bull Durham. Bull Durham.
1: Okay. Yeah, Bull Durham
0: um, tops my list because it really is, to me, one of the most realistic portrayals of baseball in a movie. It's not a true story, right. but it's based on true events. Okay. Ron Shelton, the director who was mm-hmm. also the writer, mm-hmm. was a minor league ball player oh at one time. so okay. he took a lot of his experiences some of the people that he met and kind of right. you know worked them in. I mean, there wasn't an actual well, there was a Crash Davis who played baseball, but this movie is not his true story. okay. Ron Shelton had read about Crash Davis mm-hmm. and uh, pr- and asked him if he could m- write a character in a movie oh uh, right. you know with the name Crash Davis and the guy said, mm-hmm. well, let me ask you this does the guy get the girl in the end he goes, yes, <laughs> okay, you can use you my can- name. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I feel like Kevin Costner is at his best when he's doing any kind of a sports-themed movie. Yeah. Field of Dreams, mm-hmm. this Tin Cup, he did a movie called Draft Day a couple of years oh, ago yeah. where Draft he plays Day. the GM of the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. which is great. It's all it's kind of like a cross between Moneyball and yeah. uh, Jerry Maguire, a really good movie. Okay. His chemistry with both Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins in this movie? Fantastic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just excellent back and forth between them very quotable movie uh mm-hmm. so many great funny scenes i love the the manager and the coach right there's a scene where you know the coach is fed up with their the way, how they're playing he's like you lollygag the ball around the infield you lollygag the ball down the first base you lollygag in and out of the dugout you know what that makes you larry
1: lollygaggers lollygaggers
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's great yes great stuff like that and you know, again, they it's authentic because they, they got real players okay. in the cast. Kevin Costner and Tim Robbins went through, like, again, a training camp of sorts okay. to kind of get up to speed. Costner is a great natural athlete, mm-hmm. you know, as you can see in the movie, the way he throws. I mean, yeah. he actually hit balls over the over the fence, okay. you know, in, in a couple of scenes. Those are, mm-hmm. That's really him, and he's hitting switch hitting. I mean, right, you know, right. just fantastic. So there's just a lot of great stuff, a lot of funny stuff, and again, mm-hmm. it celebrates the game more than the hype, I guess.
1: And I liked that it didn't try to be an epic movie. Right. You know, like... It's kind of charming, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like scaled down to a very real feeling. Like one of my honorable mentions is The Natural. Okay. Where I kind of... It was a good movie, but Mm -hmm. I felt like it was kind of forced to be epic. Right. Especially like, you know, at the end... When it literally is. A, hits, it's long. It's a, it's a long movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a long movie. And, you know, at the end, they're, you know, when he hits a home run. And, and he hits the lights. And the, the lights fire- start yeah. flashing and all that. Yeah. It's just, I mean, you can just see and the, the blood writers. on his side. Yeah. And, yeah. The writers were just sitting there, all right, how can we make explosions yeah. back in 19, you know, whatever. A typical Hollywood ending yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I just like how yeah, Bull Durham was not trying to be that. And it exactly. just felt so real. And it felt Americana. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally agree with uh, it being a uh, number one. It's timeless. They purposely don't mention what uh, big league
0: team Nuke ends up playing for. Right. It's a reminder that when you strip away the, the corporate sponsorships, the right. overpriced tickets, the concessions, mm-hmm. the salaries that are like crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, the inconvenience of going to a major Absol- league ballpark of most course. of the time. Yeah. You know, you're left with this great national pastime that we yeah. have. you know, And
1: that's why we, you and I are drawn, and a lot of people are drawn, to minor leagues. And that's mm-hmm. what this whole movie represents.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it definitely makes me appreciate the New Jersey Jackals, our local team that's like right in our backyard. And the other thing that I like about the movie, too, is that it's a great sports movie. Mm-hmm. And all the baseball stuff is phenomenal. It's fun. Yeah. and yeah. It's, And there's almost, again, sort of an inside the clubhouse look at what goes on. Yeah. It's a great romantic comedy too. Yes, yeah. It I is. mean, you know, the the whole dynamic, the love triangle with mm-hmm. um, with Tim Robbins, Kevin Costner, and Susan <laughs>
1: Sarandon. It's fantastic. Yeah. So we do some uh, honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. What do you got? Well, I already said Field of Dreams mm-hmm. was my number one F. Okay. Okay. You set me straight on something, so I'll have to rewatch it. <laughs> um, well, but the your number one was Pride it, of the Yankees, which I've never seen, so I may watch that and go, "Wow, I really blew it there." That should be in my top well, five. So we'll see. All it. right. Well, let's we'll challenge each other <laughs> okay. to watch those movies. Okay. okay. I did mention The Natural, which mm-hmm. you know, 1984 is Robert Redford. Mm-hmm.
0: The Natural could have been a top five movie for me very easily. Yeah. It's one of my honorable mentions too. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason it didn't make the top five for me personally yeah. was that when I put my top five together, I I had two missions. Number right. one, five really good. Movies, but also, yeah. I wanted to have a little diversity, mm-hmm. and I felt like Field of Dreams covers the sort of supernatural uh, fantasy baseball movie right. in the top five. Mm-hmm. And if I put The Natural in, what am I going to take out from my list? League of Their Own, mm-hmm. I, I
1: did have. I was like, yeah, it's okay. It's a little mushy. It's a little funny. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a neat slice of history that mm-hmm. we don't know anything about. Right. So just the fact that it was made mm-hmm. to show that. I give it, you know, two huge thumbs up. Okay. Uh, The Sandlot, we talked a little bit about, Mm because, you know, coming age of movies, you know, we've talked about, like, Stand By Me and other podcasts. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's love for me. Trouble with the Curve. Okay. Which... um, Clint Eastwood, uh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. And Justin Timberlake, because of this movie, I decided... I actually do like Justin Timberlake. I'm a big fan of the guy. I yeah. think he's a talented dude. I've become a huge fan of his. Because, and because of this movie and Saturday Night Live, yeah. I think he's awesome. Uh, on my list of honorable mentions, Major League. A oh, great, yeah. A great comedy. Yes.
0: Uh, again, could be at a top five for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, what am I taking out to put it in? It's right. certainly in the top ten for me. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also mentioned The Natural. 42 the story of Jackie Robinson. I hadn't seen that. That was on my list. I didn't get to see it yet. 61, which was directed by Billy Crystal. I think we had talked about it before right. we recorded and you said well it's not it wasn't in the theater so is it really does it count right. it was an HBO film but it's it could have been in the theaters it's done right. that well yeah. uh, The Babe with John Goodman oh, as Babe Ruth mm-hmm. a movie called For Love of the Game which okay. is another Kevin Costner baseball movie <laughs> where he plays a pitcher and the movie is told through flashbacks mm. uh, and it basically he's pitching the game of his life I don't yeah. want to give away anything to ruin okay. it for somebody but but it talks about a relationship he has with Kelly Preston In the movie. Uh, I remember the first time I saw the movie, not really liking it so much because I thought it was going to be something else maybe, and it was more of a romance sort of movie, but after watching it again, because I had talked about The Sandlot on the Screen Facts podcast with my Mm -hmm. buddy Brian. Right. And he mentioned that For Love of the Game is one of his favorites. And I'm like, I have to check it out again. So I did. Yeah. And I really liked it. There's some compelling baseball stuff, but it's a good romance movie too. It's pretty good. And then for The Family, The Sandlot and um, two other family-themed baseball movies that I really like uh, that are sort of guilty pleasures because they're kind of corny. (laughs) Little Big League. Okay. (laughs) Um, Which uh, is where the kid manages the Minnesota Twins, for those of you listening. (laughs) And then Rookie of the Year is uh, a movie where the kid hurts his arm playing Little League. Mm -hmm. And then when he heals in a weird way that he now has a 100 mile per hour fastball. So he ends up playing (laughs) for the Cubs. Fun movies, you know, lighthearted. One of those things that if you're flipping through the channels and you come across it, you kind of get sucked in. Okay. So that's Excellent. that's my list. All right. I think we did pretty good. I think so. Yeah. Do you agree with our choices? Let us know. Email us rankingpodcast at yahoo or tweet at Jason Davis Voice. Remember the Ranking Things Podcast is a production of Jason Davis voiceover. Again, please visit JasonDavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, internet and corporate video, e learning, phone message, and more. It is out of here! (laughs) And so are we. I'm Jason Davis. I'm Eric Wright. Thanks for listening to the Ranking Things podcast. Talk to you soon.